0: What's up, and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 80, our special festivist episode uh, going into the For holidays. the rest of us. Going into the holiday season. Uh, hopefully, you will be listening to this on your way to fun Christmas Eve or Christmas Day activities. Uh, sorry if we ruin your holiday. Um, it's not our fault. But I mean, if you
1: don't get more chipper as this episode goes on, you will ruin the holiday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the
1: holiday season, man.
0: We've got a lot to talk about that is not (laughs) super Red Wings related, which is great because they they suck. suck. So uh, (laughs) I'm here with actually both Ryan and Tyler tonight. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm fantastic. I got a beer. It is officially now my time off until the 2nd of
2: January. and So I'm pretty good. Yeah, tie I'm tie. doing good. I'm doing <laughs> how many beers have you had, Ryan? Just to, to call me that. I don't well, think I've ever heard you. I'm
1: on that. number two. The first one was that uh, this one goes to eleven ale from oh, Bells. Okay. It's I almost picked percenter. that up. And now I'm on to number two, which is the founders underground Mountain Brown, which is ten and a, and a half or 11? eleven? Eleven point nine. So I'm yeah. gonna be feeling pretty good as this pod goes on. Um, I'm
2: doing I'm doing pretty good. The Red Wings are not. Let's. We all know that. I know I missed the last episode. The Red Wings are just beyond terrible. And so let's not let's not go there <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's all we choose to typically talk about. So it can only go bad from here. I think the last episode you and I did, and that was about as negative as it gets. So oh, it'll
0: get it'll get a little more negative before <laughs> it gets more positive. But uh, we're so we're heading into the Christmas season. The Red Wings are on a one week break. Uh, the holiday freeze is in effect, which means no trades or movement can happen. And we thought we would take this opportunity to kind of go over uh, a little bit of the of what has happened recently. I mean, if we want to say it really quickly. Philip Zadina, you're our only hope, uh, and that'll i just get the Star Wars reference out of the way early, cause that was I saw that movie too, so got loved nice it. At, eh, it was all right, but um, whatever. So, so yeah, Zadina, he scored again in the last game against the Coyotes, and uh, that was probably the only bright spot. Uh, everything else sucks. The world is ending. The Red Wings are terrible, but. We thought we would take some mailbag questions today. I put a post out earlier in the airing of grievances. We'll go over people's grievances. A lot of them, uh, spoiler alert, are about Jeff Blaschel. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll talk a little bit about the Leafs and Wings game and uh, just go from there. So I want to get the mailbag question out of the way first because I think this is probably going to be the most negative of the topics because it's just mm-hmm. the way that I guess it's gone throughout the season. But the first mailbag question from Twitter is they want our unbiased opinions on Jeff Blaschel. So I think Tyler probably has the most negative Jeff Blaschel opinion. So I think we'll let Tyler start. And I think I might have the least negative Jeff Blaschel opinion. So I will go last.
2: So I think initially I like Jeff Blaschel as a person. I think he's a good, good coach. I think that it's unfortunate that just the team in front of him just isn't very good. So you really can't see how good of a or how bad of a coach he is. And the reason that most people want him fired is because he doesn't like to adjust. He likes to do a lot of the same things Mike Babcock did with with the tie goes to the veteran and like playing the veterans. And I guess he's, you know, he's he's developed some of the youth a lot more. But, like, at the same time, he's kind of had his hand forced as well. I think if it was up to him, he'd have Luke Glendenning out there fucking 20 minutes a night. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if the Kaiser was back, he'd probably be playing 20 to 25 or 25 to 27 minutes a night. So they like, kind of need it. Yeah, they do at this point. Um, but in terms of him, the reason we all want him gone is because of the record and just the way they've played. And, and, some of the games that we've watched this year is just like the team doesn't even give a shit. And obviously that's not the case. I don't think they have quit, but I, I, there becomes a point in time where you do have to make a change. And I think this, there is a, there has been a couple times this year, a couple losing streaks where it's like, well, what if not now, then when? See, I don't think it's not so much the
1: fact that it's the record. I think everyone expected the record to be that way. I think I don't with, think
2: people expected it to be this bad, though.
1: I mean, they were picked to finish top bottom three, and yeah, at least in most of the projections that I had bad seen,
2: right now, right? No, I, I
1: right, I get that. But like I said, I'm not as much concerned about the fact that they are losing. It is how they are consistently doing so, and what I mean by that is five to one, four to one. Four to one, five to two, shit like that, which pushed a person like me who was just like, man, I don't really care. It's they're gonna be bad. There's really not much Blash to do about it. Too, this is getting absolutely ridiculous. They're playing uninspired hockey, look like garbage night in and night out, and there's not much improvement coming in regards to how they're playing as a team. I get it, no structure either. They're, no, there's not. There's they're dumping the puck dump and chase, dump and pray every single time. It seems like they come down the ice. Now there's zero offensive pressure half the time. And as we have very well seen, the second period has just been a period of utter disaster, which kind of goes into your point of them not adjusting as the way they should, especially from the coaching staff. I mean, the glimmer of hope at times has seemed to have been the power play, but even with that, it hasn't been that great. And I mean, yes, they don't have top tier talent. I totally understand that. But to consistently just get embarrassed is where the line I think should have been drawn. Now, I say all that knowing fair very well that he's I guarantee he's not fired. The I only think, thing I can I think see at the happening end of the
2: year he's gone. Yes. Now, will
1: it be a firing? I don't know. Maybe they just don't renew his contract and they
2: they do it the nice way of
1: oh, we're not going to extend you or pick up the option or blah, blah, blah. Or because of the state of the team in general, unless they have a hell of a haul at the draft and somehow land a couple free agents, which still seems very unlikely, and who knows what the hell is even out there at this point um, or what could be out there, I should say, then do you keep them around and just grin and bear through another freaking season? I, I... I don't know. I, I I I don't know how to truly feel about Blashill and his goddamn expressions.
2: I think the most embarrassing stat is the point differential. That is ridiculous.
1: Oh, the goal diff. Yeah, the goal differential. What, Sorry. What's yeah, it at but... right now?
2: Does anybody have that pulled up? I'm, I'm pull. actually. I haven't looked since it was at like minus sixty. Minus sixty-eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They're gonna be at minus a hundred by the time this season's over. Oh, hundred percent. If they're not, I'd be amazed. Yeah. Is that historically bad? I... It's it's not the worst. There's uh, There has been worse. I mean, they're on pace to be one of one, one of the worst. But I think the the worst I've ever seen was that Colorado team a couple of years ago. That was the worst team in the NHL by like 25 points or something in the standings points. But like, goals, oh, well, so, I thought you were talking about gold. Were, so anyways. the
0: greatest goal, uh, the lowest goal differential was by the end of the season, uh, minus 265.
2: Oh, uh, we're not hitting that.
0: By the 1974-75 Washington Capitals.
1: Wasn't that the expansion year for them?
0: Uh, I think so. I think so. The yeah. greatest goal differential was plus 216 by the 76-77 Canadians. So, Man, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that – and my, so my position on Jeff Blaschel is, has always kind of been the same – And it's been that Blaschel is mostly doing what he was brought here to do. Now, that may have slowed recently. Uh, His job is to develop the talent. Now, Anthony Amantha, you cannot say he hasn't been developing. He was on pace for 45 goals before he got injured. Mm -hmm. Dylan Larkin's metrics are up over last season. Now, the points are not there right now. But... His possession numbers are better. His defensive numbers are better. His penalty minutes are way down. His numbers are up. Tyler Bertuzzi, like we've said over and over, is, is much more than anyone I think ever thought he was going to be. Uh, you bring in Guilty. someone, yeah. So you bring in someone like Zadina. Now Blashel hasn't worked with Zadina, but I'm—I mean, Zadina looks like he's going to be good. So Blashel's doing the job there. Where I have the problem is the line blender, and that. You you know what you're doing is not working, but then you consistently try to roll out the same lineup, or you put a lineup out there for two shifts and then you instantly change it. Like we all like got Babcock effect. Yeah, right there. so we all got excited last game or uh, that Zadina was on the top line, and it, I'm like I even tweeted out I'm like watch this last for two shifts. It was like three shifts. And, and it did. Yeah, it was like three shifts, and then Zadina was on the fourth line. And I, I don't know how you move someone from first line to fourth line just like that because of three shifts. Like maybe the dude's got a bad shift, and I get you're trying to be the smartest guy in the room and play mastermind line matcher, but it it's clearly not working when you're consistently losing by four to five goals. So mm-hmm. I think that that's my major problem with Jeff Blaschel. Now, what I've seen a lot lately is the whole have your cake and eat it too thing where people want us to have a high draft pick, but then they get pissed off when we lose games or they want us to tank but they get mad when when we lose. And and it's not and it's the people I can understand if you're mad because in the fashion that we're losing, but you can't say, Oh my God, all we do is lose and then two minutes later say, Wow, I hope we draft uh Lafreniere or I hope we get uh Quentin Byfield well, yeah, you have to lose to do that. So you can't go both ways on, on that situation. You have to either be on team lose for a high pick, or you have to be on team let's win a bunch of games for no reason. Do you, though? Do you? You, you do. I don't know. You Ottawa can't...
2: was the worst team in the league last year by, like, 10 points, and they didn't get a top three pick.
0: If you're the worst team in the league, though, you're at least guaranteed fourth. That's better than sixth. That's better and they than they gave that tenth. to Colorado. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so, right. yeah. so the thing is, is like you can get, you we can, we are the worst team in the league. I, it's not going to improve. We're going to finish last. That's, I mean, we're down by like nine, I think nine or ten points, and we've played four or five more games than the people ahead of us. So,
1: still the only team, in all of, as of this recording, the and by the time it's posted, we will be the only team in the NHL without ten wins.
0: Yeah, so we, and and every was, other team
1: has 10 or more wins.
0: I was looking the other day, every team but the Red Wings could break 80 points this season, and the Red Wings may not break 70. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's huh? you, you can't want it. I mean, you as much as your brain wants it both ways, you need to stick to one lane. It's either you want a good draft pick and you know you need to lose to get it. And it's not, and you can't, I guess, be picky about how you lose. Of course, you want to compete, but you can't say right, we need to lose games. We need a top pick, and then say, oh, well, Jeff will needs to be fired right now. I mean, sure, I, he can be fired, but it's not going to change anything. So what no. are you, what are you really firing him for? You're firing him to send a message. So is the message, hey, the team sucks, and that's Ken Holland's fault. But we're going to fire we're going to blame the coach and we're going to fire him and now all you guys are just going to feel bad and play even more uninspired hockey so it's you're going to keep him until the end of the year you're not going to renew his contract because like we said earlier it's an option it was a one year contract with an option for a Was that ever coach.
1: actually confirmed?
0: Uh Pierre LeBrun said it so I mean Did he? okay. Yeah, he said it, so I'll take his I, word. I know for that was it. in his
1: article, but I don't know if there's any anyone else that actually said anything about it, so I was just curious.
0: Yeah, I'll take his word for it, but it's like you, just sit tight and just let's let's let it play out. Blash isn't going anywhere. There's no use in bitching about it. There's no use in coming up with really stupid nicknames for him like Blash shit and s- dumb stuff like you you're, you look dumb. Just stop doing that. <laughs> so don't let your Facebook come out on Twitter. Just stop it. But it's... So I think that's all our unbiased opinions on Jeff Blaschel. Is he a good development coach? Yes. I think he's proven that there are results there. Is he going to take the team to a Stanley Cup? No. Is he going to be back next year? Probably not. It's And then people keep saying, Iserman's waiting for his guy. Well, no shit. I mean, everyone else has jobs right now. So mm-hmm. just... Just stop. That's one thing that we get it. You don't like Jeff Blaschel. You don't have to mention it every game we lose because you should know by now what the result is most likely going to be. So I think that's all our unbiased opinions on Jeff Blaschel. Uh, I don't think we've ever given a biased opinion on Jeff Blaschel. I have.
1: Uh, I think we've been pretty, pretty clear cut on what uh, our opinions have been. We, we gave him benefit of the doubt early on. And we knew that this was gonna be shit, but i've I've gone too far of this being true shit.
0: Yeah, I've seen enough of it. Well, it's not that it's too far of being bad hockey. It's that it's too far of being bad hockey and him not trying to make correct moves to to try and make the game at least a little bit more competitive than what it's been. yeah. So uh, I think <sighs> we will move on though. So like I said, we start with depressing post number one. Uh, so our next question was, "What does the goalie pipeline look like?" So, no idea. So <laughs> I, luckily, <laughs> I do. So uh, thanks, Greg. Um, the people have been saying, and I've also seen a lot of this online, that. Uh, Red Wings need to draft Askarov, or Red Wings don't have any goalies or we need if to trade the second round yes. or we need to trade for a goalie or we need to get wave Jimmy Howard. Well, that would be a really, really dumb move. Um, but the Red Wings do have a decent prospect pool of goalies. if you've been keeping up we drafted last Carter guylander who was just in the World Junior A Challenge for Team Canada, where he played very well. But the Red Wings currently have uh, six what you could consider, or five what you could consider prospect goalies. And then they have, well, more than five, actually. You've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but I wouldn't count Calvin Pickard. So you've got six, yeah, six prospect goalies. So you're looking at Patrick Rybar, who we still own his rights Mm -hmm. uh, because 26. Yep. So he went back overseas after not uh, locking in. I guess he probably wanted to play in the NHL and they're like, sorry, we've got Bernie and Howard. So he's like, screw you guys. I'm going to the Liga. He has played 20 games. Um, He is playing for carpet. Currently, he has a 1.52 goals against and a 93.5 save percentage. That's really good. Um, And that's probably from playing that year in the AHL. Uh, Do I foresee Rybar coming back over and getting a spot on the Red Wings? No, I think he will either next season,
1: uh, potentially,
0: I think he'll stay in Liga or he will wait until he's 27, becomes a free agent and go somewhere else carter guylander right now plays for the sherwood park crusaders in the ajhl now the ajhl is a smaller league um, they've got a couple good prospects that have come out of his team one is a top prospect coming up i think in this draft uh, carter savoy i think is how you pronounce his name but guylander has played 20 games he has a 2.04 goals against it a 925 save percentage so also really good, which is also why he was picked to play for the World Junior A Challenge. Now, Ryan, you sound like you want to say something?
1: No, I was just going to bring up just the uh, simple stats of this guy. He's only 18 years old, which is something to keep an eye on. And he's six foot five. He's big, which puts him right up. there as one of the top, their tallest prospects next to a couple other guys you're going to mention here in a minute.
0: Yep. So Victor Bratstrom is next. He's playing in Timra in the All he has he's twenty
2: Sweden, right? Yes.
0: That's... Sweden? If I say Sweden. all Svenskin and you have to ask me if that's Sweden, there's a pretty big problem there. But he's played...
2: I, said, I said Sweden.
0: That's what I said because I said all Svenskin, and if that's anything but Swedish, come on, Tyler. This
2: is very, this is very true. So
0: that, Dude, that that's was, Russian. That's Russian. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so, Victor Bratstrom has 27 Jeez. games played, 18. 2-1-9 goals against and a 9.12 uh, save percentage so also good uh Keith Petrozelli is in Quinnipiac I uh, he's played 15 games so I guess he's the starter now because uh, the other goalies left they were both drafted so Petrozelli has a 2.3 goals against and a 9.10 save percentage we still own Joran Van Padelberg's rights <laughs> he I don't think anything's happening with him either uh, he plays for HC Davos in the Swiss League, uh, 279 goals against, 908 save. Jesper Eliasson is the other one that I was keeping an eye on. Uh, he played really good last season. He's uh, mm-hmm. playing also in the Alsvenskan, which is a Swedish league, for uh, Tuna. He's played 14 games, has a 242 goals against and a 906 save. And then they put Calvin Pickard on there. Calvin Pickard is not a prospect. Caden Fulcher I'm not sure is going to make it anywhere out of the ECHL Uh, Caden Fulcher's only played one game this season for the Toledo Walleye uh, and had had let in six goals so Hmm. yeah not good but that's our pipeline for goalies now numbers are numbers I have watched Carter Guylander play he is very athletic he's sharp he moves for a taller guy he moves but i think he's only 175 pounds so he needs to bulk up and i think the problem i saw was his glove hand was a little slow but i think if he and a lot of people in draft time were saying carter guylander for where he was taken which he was taken in the seventh round right he was the red wings last pick
1: uh he was 191 overall yeah. Yep, round seven yeah was.
0: So I think he, I mean, other goalies taken in the seventh round include Henrik Lundqvist. So I I think if, and then, uh, Pet, uh, Rene was taken in the eighth round when there were more than seven rounds. Wow. Yeah. So Carter Guylander, I think, and a lot of people are high on him. They say he looks really good. He's committed to Colgate next season and uh, Colgate's a good hockey college. Mm-hmm. So I think Guylander, if he keeps going, now I'm not giving up on uh, Philip Larson, but no, I'm not either. But Philip Larson, in seven games in Grand Rapids, had a 401 goals against with an 84 save, and for three games in Toledo, has a 304 goals against with 88 save. So I think he just needs an adjustment period, because it is, I mean, from Denver to even the ECHL is a pretty significant step up
1: you gotta wonder if he maybe was overconfident coming into the season yeah i think he should
0: have stayed and maybe
1: maybe the training just wasn't the way it should have been this offseason well i'm wondering if his
0: injury is also coming back which one the groin Mm,
1: i don't know i haven't i haven't seen any highlights or seen him play so i cannot speak to that
0: yeah so I mean, we have a goalie pipeline. I'm still kind of holding out for I Bratstrom and Eliason have both looked good at at periods in their short careers so far. So it's not like, and if you're saying, I saw a lot of today where I asked people, whether the question was brought up, like, if you're picking third or fourth and Byfield's gone and Lafreniere is gone. Who do you take? And I see people saying Askarov, and I no. say, I say, what do you? Why are you taking him at four? They're like, well, he looks like the best going in the draft, and sometimes you just got to take a chance. I'm like, if you're in the Red Wings' position right now, there's no room for taking a chance. You, no, you need to take
1: this isn't the, the NFL where you just take a yeah, 10 and the 8th overall pick.
0: You need to take the best player available. Right now, you're not even reaching for defense, which I think Drysdale is mocked at like 5 or 6. You're picking 1 through 4. You're getting an elite, uh possibly elite level forward, and you're not going to reach for the goalie, who I think is probably not going to go until after 10, because historically, goalies are not taken in the top 10, because they're notoriously hard to predict. And they take generally much longer to develop. So unless you're Carter Hart. Yeah. But Carter Hart was kind of forced in out of necessity. They didn't put in Carter Hart. I think because they thought it was Carter Hart's time to go. They put him in. He proved he could do it and he did it. But the point is that you're not going to just reach at pick three or reach at pick four and take a goalie. I'm not doing. Yeah.
2: No, me either. I, I think it's, I think it's incredibly bold. I mean, I guess if, if, if you think that's the best player available at that point in time, then I guess that's that's what you do. But I just don't think that that's the case. I mean, I forget the kid's name, but the goal, the Islanders draft pick, um, whose name will come to me, what is it, Shostorkin or whatever, the, the, goal, the Russian goalie prospect? Well, he apparently th- – sure. see, this is the thing about Russian players in general. Like you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if they want to play in the NHL. You don't know if uh, Russia is just home for them and they don't want to come over. Are you and talking about Ilya wasted... Sorokin? Sor- Sorokin, yeah, Sorokin is the Rangers. It draft makes
0: me game. want to say Shoryukin. Sure, can... Shoryukin,
2: yeah. Well, a- anyways, like I'm saying, like you don't know with Russian players. Like with Svechnikov, you know, you knew he was going to come over and and end up playing in the NHL. I'm talking about uh, Andre, not Evgeny. But with Russian players in general, you just don't know and that's why I don't take a chance at four unless you know for sure that person is the best player available at that point in time and if you they they want to come over because if they don't want to come over, then you're screwed.
0: Yeah, I just I don't understand I, and I, I know people are like they're like, well, I see Jimmy Howard play and he doesn't look good. I see Jonathan Bernier play and he doesn't go- look good. So I guess the only answer is draft an 18-year-old goalie that you won't see for four years. How does that make any sense at all?
1: Like logic, Greg. Logic. Yeah,
0: logic escapes some people, but it's I'm not taking Askarov. So that is our goalie pipeline. That is kind of do do some research on the actual players. There's so much YouTube footage out there right now. Just go type in their name if you need to know who they are. I'll shamelessly plug Elite Prospects. We use them all the time. If you just Google Detroit Red Wings prospect pool, Elite Prospects is one of like the first two links, and it'll show you everyone in our system.
1: Elite Prospects, Dauber Prospects, Cap Friendly has a lot of these guys, and I think they're in coordination with Elite Prospects for listing all their names and details as well. So they're all everything's right there
0: just go do some research. Make yourself more informed before you touch a keyboard. Cuz that's what the problem generally is right now. Is people type and then go look stuff up instead of looking see, stuff up and typing. Greg
1: calm down. You're you're getting upset because of
0: Facebook. No, Facebook's a whole different story that I'm not even going to talk about tonight. <laughs> but I see
2: some of the comments every once in a while. Yeah. And like the like, eyes start they, to
0: bleed and you start to speak in Latin.
2: Well, the worst, the worst thing is like, they blame the goal. We need a new goalie.
0: No, 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 no. We need a whole new team. Well, yeah. We need 80. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. The goal, it's the goalies fault that we only have a, a line and a half or sometimes on some nights, <sighs> two lines. But uh, like you said, Jimmy Howard has been below average this season. And Jonathan Bernier has been average to below average this season. So w- do we need a new goalie going forward? They won't bring yes. back how they won't bring back Howie uh, unless they find some way to trade Bernier, Tell Howard that he's only going to be a backup, and then sign someone like Grice. That's totally possible. Or there's people have suggested trading uh, for Sorokin from the Islanders because I guess he doesn't want to play for New York. But when someone asked him that, he said it's the first time he's heard of it. So huh. yeah, I there are things that can be done. But I will tell you that right now, goalie is not our biggest issue. It is it is an no. issue, but it's not our biggest issue and can be dealt Yet. with. It can be dealt with in the offseason without Brighton having Holtby. Yeah, without well, I don't know about Holtby <laughs> either, because by the time we're ready to compete, he'll be could be past as prime. But I think that that you can deal with the goalie situation in due time without having to waste your highest draft pick in recent memory on a goalie who you won't see for years. It's Mm -hmm. just when someone like, um, like Raymond or like Byfield could come into your lineup like tomorrow and instantly be plugged into the second line. So same with Lafreniere. Well, Lafreniere is going to go right to, yeah, the second line and hopefully doesn't capo caco himself. So, um,
2: I mean, Kako will be fine. I think it's He'll a be fine. He's not
0: fine right now.
2: No, neither is Hughes though. Uh,
0: no, but look at what Hughes is playing on versus what Kako's playing on. So that's true. That's um, true. Yeah. So we will go into our last mailbag question, which is: Is Anthony Mantha injury prone, and should be should we be worried? So no. uh, I'll yeah I'll let Ryan take that one <laughs> off the top.
1: No. first off, no. I mean, this, every single one of them has been a freak accident that could easily have happened to any player in the NHL. Yes, he fought. No one liked it. Okay, he's a goal scorer. Well, sometimes you need to be a dick to people because they were a dick to you. That's just how fucking life goes, okay? So, he broke his hand. Get over it. He broke his other hand. Or was it the same hand? It might have been really the same care.
0: hand. Those were self-inflicted injuries.
1: That, that was stupid. I will uh, completely agree. Does that make he, mean he's injury-prone? No. When... As you alluded to earlier, Greg, you get freaking body slammed by Jake the Snake Muzzin. Uh, it really, it's if you don't come up concussed, then you're you have a head of steel because that was kind of a ridiculous move it, to me when I first saw it. I did not get to watch that game, which I, sounds like it was a good thing. Um, I didn't see it either. What I'm referencing for those that weren't aware of it, with Mantha's injury, he got basically body slammed i don't know if it's a yeah was body slammed he kinda, right I, it looked
2: like something from wwe yeah yeah what's like i
1: can't think of the move right now where they just grab him around the shoulder and just yank him straight back onto their back
0: well what he did was he anyways he grabbed his head and swept his leg and pushed him over
1: yes that was the key part of the whole thing is he basically slew foot kicked his leg out from under him and then yank, and he came brought him straight down on his shoulder and head area That's where – and people saying that is he injury-prone because of that is just really fucking stupid. I'm sorry to say it. That's all there is to it. His injury
2: before was a knee-on-knee. You know who's injury-prone? The fucking player from the Philadelphia Flyers who was drafted, what, second or third overall? Who are you talking about? Nolan Nolan Patrick? Nolan Patrick. That dude is always hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, but – I think that and someone even said on Twitter, the whole injury prone thing is a is a fallacy. Mm-hmm. There are not really people that that get injured more than others just because they're easier to injure. They just they either come in more contact with people or just their situational awareness is a little different, but you're not really injury prone. Because generally, they're all athletes. Most of them get injured at the same rate with the same amount of force. And it's just some are just more unlucky, I guess. With I, I would and put appa- him in that. Apparently, that...
2: That you guys don't know who Jacoby Ellsbury is because that dude is fucking injury prone as it gets. And I don't even really we're not, believe in injury prone. We're not prone, talking to get your that... jaws off about your old baseball players over in Boston there, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, well that dude was soft as butter.
0: So Mantha is Whatever. not injury prone. We should not be worried no, about he's him. Not. He's as, just unlucky. Yeah, as long as he doesn't go trying to knock people's faces in with the same hand <sighs> that's been broken like three times, he yeah, should a man up on the roster. Yeah, he should be okay. So the the two injuries before so the last injury was a knee on knee. The knee is a very weak part of your body if you haven't noticed. And most knee-on-knee knee will cause an injury. That's just how it works. But, Especially on skates and ice. Yeah, going a million miles an hour. But if you're if you're fighting and you're breaking your hand, that's your own fault. Stop doing that. That's not injury-prone. <laughs> that can be stopped. So is Mantha injury-prone? No, he's not. Should we be worried? No, we shouldn't.
1: because so, I mean, really, overall, too, he has done a pretty good job about not doing too much – too much stupid shit. Yeah. Um, could he have maybe backed off on this one? Yeah. But I can see why he engaged in it. Because it was a, initially a high hit. I say high loosely. That he took exception to. Because it was, it was a hit on Bowie originally.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And then he, he came up. was He actually wasn't doing anything, if I remember the, the replay correctly. He came up to basically do the, I'm going to mug you type hug. And then Muzzin pretty much reversed it uh, going right back to the WWE slang here and gave him the reverse body slam. And that's kind of where that's where it ended.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't think we need to be worried about Anthony Mantha. Uh, What we do need to worry about Anthony Mantha is that he hasn't scored in a few games. So that
1: helps, helps if you're playing.
0: Yeah. You need to be playing. (laughs) So, um, We're going to move on to the airing of grievances. So since today (laughs) is Festivus, for the rest out, of us. Yeah, I put out a tweet this morning saying that we are joining other podcasts and news outlets in the festivist tradition of the airing of grievances. So I asked for people's grievances to be aired. We will air them on the podcast. We will Beautiful. reflect upon our year of mourning, and we will move on. So um, the first one came uh, in as the sheer amount of people who want Team Tank but then get pissed when the team is losing – we talked about this a little bit. I completely agree. Pick a side. You're either hashtag, hashtag team tank or hashtag keep winning. Those are your two. And you can't even say keep winning. You got to just say start winning, I guess. But
1: not, not suck.
0: Yes. But you are either pick a side. You can't have both. Literally, you cannot be on team tank and then get mad when they lose. You can be mad about how they lose, but you cannot be mad that they have lost.
1: Put me into that category. I get mad about how they lose, not the fact that they lost. Do Good. I like that they lost? No. But I accept that fact. Grudgingly.
0: So my my festivist grievance uh, was the Line Blender can suck it. Uh, <laughs> I am officially done with the Line Blender. It I needs,
2: agree. I second that.
0: I am done with how often it happens and how quickly it happens. It's I it's like Blashill has ADD and can't just focus on one thing for a little bit, and just constantly has to change things. And that's my festivist grievance is that the line blender needs to stop. You need to leave people on a line for maybe five shifts, six shifts, like, and then maybe see if something's wrong, but just stop. Just let them try and work. Because you, again, you, you're if you want your top line eventually to be Larkin, Zadina, Mantha you need to let him get some chemistry. You're not just going to change him around that quickly and expect things to just work. So that's my grievance. Uh, Our friend Beer League Chump, uh, his grievance is simply put as Jeff Blaschel. So we're going to let that one sit for a second. All right, so that grievance has been aired. We've talked so much about (laughs) about Jeff Blaschel that I don't think we can do it anymore without becoming irrationally angry. So... Uh, the next grievance uh, is actually four. Um, one was just "woo" with an exclamation point. Fucking I agno- yeah, end it. I acknowledge that grievance. The "woo" is absolutely terrible. It needs to go away. Uh, the yes, second, I agree. the second grievance was uh, Darren Helm. So I get it. Helm is not great. He now apparently can't score a goal to save his life. Because he has stone hands, and that's just kind of the problem since day that's one.
1: always been the thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't know Darren Helm if you don't know that maybe he scores fluky, a few fluky goals a season and then just, you know, turns into a statue.
1: Things changed when they took away his goal song. Took away <sighs> the danger zone.
0: Yeah, I think I don't think that was the problem, right? <laughs> you,
1: you don't know that, Greg. I don't, I don't think, you think can, he can you put the puck in the net enough. You cannot prove me wrong.
0: Yeah. He's getting paid too much for where he's playing. Uh, Their third grievance was Andreas Athanasiou. Now, I think this is a grievance of the entire Red Wings fan base besides the uh, guys who love Andreas Athanasiou club. Um, He has been awful this season. People will say it's because of where he's been put. I mean, sure, you can kind of chalk it up a little bit to that, but... Mm -hmm but you can't put it all on that because he's at times just looked, I mean, not even at times, most of the time just looked really bad and you can still be put in a bad position or a a mostly bad position and look good, but not produce anything, which is fine, but he's both not producing anything. And at a lot of times looked really bad.
1: I mean, in his defense, he is fifth and team that doesn't say much for a team that doesn't score much. But he's also out there when they are getting scored on still. And he still leads the team by a generous margin in plus minus stand, sitting at a minus 36.
0: But uh. I don't think he's, he's also hasn't scored a goal in like 14 games. Is that
1: how bad it is right yeah, now? Yeah,
0: it's something like that, which is not good.
1: And this course, he still sits at a 46.
0: Yeah. So I understand the grievance of Andreas Athanasiou. Uh, and then his fourth one was driving in Detroit. Um, here's just don't do it. Just driving park. in
1: Detroit was that the other one?
0: Yeah, park your car and walk, because literally it depends
2: on. It's not. All right, it's not that bad.
0: Every road is under construction. No, okay, it's well, not
2: like driving here. Don't don't give me that. Well, we're not
0: talking
1: about Boston.
0: No, driving in Detroit is the grievance, and I can understand that grievance because it sucks. So what I normally do is just park and walk, or park and use the. Uh, monorail people mover
2: mm, yeah it's called the people mover greg
0: it is a monorail tyler that is the actual vehicle <laughs> name <laughs> so <laughs> the next grievance is jeff blashel <laughs> and his emotionless coaching style uh ryan loves how much emotion jeff blashel has
1: the fucking meme master
0: <laughs> he has none <laughs> he's got like four stock faces and it just he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get happy. He just every time it's the, every time they move the camera to the bench, it's a smirk or a face like he just smelled a fart. And it's like someone
1: sits there with a string behind him that's attached attached to his cheeks. <laughs> yeah, and they pull to up just or move down it. Yeah. Just at random points. Yeah, and then it, like you just said, it's it's like someone just shit in his cereal <laughs> or something every single time. I
0: I've maybe seen I've maybe seen. Jeff Blash will get mad like twice and that's it in the five years, like twice. So I,
1: I can think of one of them. I can't think of which game it was, but he was up along the boards, like yelling at the official in one game and he just walked away like, no, no, no. Like he just kept saying no over and over. That's the only reason I remembered it. Yeah. So I if we, if we had Sarah on, I think I guarantee she could tell us exactly oh,
0: when it she happened. Could tell us the date, the time, what the, the score game? was.
2: Was that the fight game against the flames? I don't know. It maybe was. I think it was. When Witkowski's
1: dumbass came off the bench
0: and got suspended? Yeah. Yeah. That's the other. I'm glad we don't have to watch him. That's the other discussion that I am not prepared to have because now everyone is calling for Luke Witkowski to come back. Because Mantha wouldn't be injured, and we wouldn't be letting our stars get hit if Witkowski was on the ice, because they'd be too scared to do that. I'm like, give me a goddamn break. (laughs) That's not true at all. Steve Eisenman Mm
2: could have brought Witkowski back if he wanted to. Witkowski's not even in
1: the league anymore. Hasn't he traded him away twice? Yeah, well,
0: he didn't sign him once and didn't sign him. Well, he traded him away once and didn't sign him the second time. So... Uh, The next is uh, from our lovely friend, Rohan, that says the Grindline podcast still exists, and I don't know why. Um, We're here. Deal with it. Fuck you, (laughs) Rohan. How about that? Uh, Oh, God. The next is. He's coming. He's going to sick
1: the goddamn horse wasp that he posted on their timeline today.
0: The next grievance is, and this kind of goes back to the first one. Is the Red Wings fans that want the number one pick, but at the same time want to fire the coach for losing games. They'll reference energy and compete, but at the same time criticize Mantha for doing anything physical. They love Stevie, but ignore his demand for patience. It's all just the hypocritical Wings fans that just, they, they don't, they're in a constant state of not knowing what's going on or not knowing kind of steps that lead to certain things like a top pick or what the word patience means. And yeah, I think that's, it's a, it's been a constant all season.
1: I really, is that the comment I said I, I was like the tweet of the year that I commented yeah, on yep. earlier?
0: Yeah.
1: I, I was definitely a fan of that one Yeah, because it, it's, it really sums up how everyone's, no, I shouldn't say everyone. It sums up a lot of people's opinions, like you said, and it's just like, you, you, you do or you don't. It's, yeah. Can't you have do, your cake and eat it too. Yeah, we have to deal with it. That's the unfortunate reality that we currently live in. And we suck. We we completely understand that. But we're supposed
0: We've, to suck.
2: Yeah, I just
1: don't like that we suck like this.
0: We but yeah, we regardless, we're supposed to suck. I so, hate
2: how you I hate how in this league you have to be terrible for a couple of years to get back. That I hate that more than anything.
0: Yeah, I get it but if you look at the wings how long did they make the playoffs for before they had to be terrible
2: that's true 25 years so. and
0: i don't think we would be this terrible if we got rid of ken holland six years earlier or five years earlier we would not be in the position that we're in right now so
2: you mean after we lost to san jose both times
0: so there's bad decisions that were made in the process. That led us to where we are. It started but, in 12. Yeah, but we are where we are, and we can't fix it. I mean, we're in the process of fixing it. Getting rid of uh, Ken Holland and bringing in Iserman was the first step in that well, process.
1: I don't think we should say getting rid of Ken Holland. It was him fi- finally in, in allowing air, for In his air successor. quotes,
0: letting Holland leave yes. and letting Iserman step take to over. the side. That was the first step in the process. Now we're in the middle of step 2, okay? This is a more than two-step process. It's not Holland leaves we instantly win the Stanley Cup. That's not how it works. So step 2 is suck real bad and make moves while sucking yeah. and just deal with it. If you're if you're a fan of the team, you understand what's going on, you understand what's going to take to get back. You don't have to like it. But you can't really bitch about it because you know it's what needs to happen.
1: I mean, there really can't be much else said. The, what I was kind of saying before we had our technical difficulty is that you know the guy's a good coach. He was put in charge of Team USA. I know, granted, some people will say, oh, well, it wasn't for yeah, – it was not for a, um, an Olympics or whatever because, you I mean, you look at 2018, at had 20 good ground- before that it's Soji, Dan Bilesma, their current assistant coach. Before that was Ron Wilson, Peter Laviolette Laviolette. That's who I was thinking of. Laviolette,
2: yeah. Ron Wilson um, was the head coach in twenty ten, I think, when they went yep, to the gold medal game.
1: That's when they won silver in the most depressing game ever. Yep. But I mean, you look at some of these coaches that have been there before, they've had good careers. Has Dan Biles most won a cup. Tony granado has been back and forth. He was a, a Wings assistant, and now he's down coaching, what, Wisconsin? I, I believe
2: Wisconsin,
1: Ron, Ron Wilson had an incredible career with the Capitol. Peter Laviolette's Maple been all over Leafs, the place. Too. Yep, man. Laviolette, didn't he win the cup with uh, – uh, oh, my God. Nope, almost dropped my no, – La-
2: Laviolette won the cup with Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's what I think was thinking of. About. So, I mean, he's in a long – nice list of coaches that have proven themselves, but they've all also had much better players and teams to work with. I get that. It's I'm not writing him off as a shitty coach. I'm writing him off because he, he just has no cards to play and he can't reshuffle the deck at this point. He's kind of too far gone. Now, will Iserman think that that's going to be the case all the way through. Who knows? No one understands what the hell's going He's he's thinking of because we all assume he's going to make a trade at midnight for no reason. So, we just got to deal with it. He's not awful. He is what he is. Doing the best, if you want to call it that, with what they have. And that's all we can really hope for, even though it really isn't showing. So that's that's kind of my long-winded explanation of my feelings there.
0: Yep. And that will complete the airing of grievances. <laughs> so, we started with Blashall and we... Ended with Blashel, so I thought we wouldn't end on sadness, but I guess we're gonna end on sadness. But can we
2: start on a more positive note?
0: Yeah, we can start on a more positive note next episode. But right now we're just gonna end on sadness, cause you know, bring a little Christmas sadness, bring a little Lana Del Rey to your Christmas.
1: Uh, n- no, no, God, <laughs> no, we are not ending on Lana Del Rey. Fuck you very much.
0: Well, then Ryan, final so, thoughts. Final thoughts are happiness
1: is cause. happiness is beer and alcohol sometimes because hockey's sad, at least right now. And other than that, final thoughts are I hope all of you enjoy your Christmas, have a fantastic new year. I'm assuming we'll probably talk right before the new year, but got a lot of family stuff going on. That's the nice part about Christmas is being able to see everybody. So go enjoy that and uh, not be sad with Red Wings hockey because it won't be until well after the, the Christmas season. So. Twitter's already Ryan 33.
2: Did you have to have that written down, Ryan? I'm not like you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you. Tyler final thoughts.
2: <laughs> well, my final thoughts are the greatest tournament of the the of the time and the season has come. The World Juniors starts the day after Christmas, so if you're not um if you're not watching the Red Wings or or, or you know, depressed enough w- Throw some World Junior hockey. On, watch some of the prospects. You got Lafreniere for Team Canada. You you have all kinds of prospects there, and then you also have some Red Wings prospects. And you have uh, Valeno as the center, and you have McIsaac on defense for Canada. Uh, among more Sider- Most who also cider. Most be playing for Germany. So I'm just looking forward. I mean, personally, I'm a big USA hockey fan, regardless of the situation. I just love it. It's great. So this is the the highest level, unfortunately, because we don't have Olympics anymore. So this is, I get really excited for this. Um, As far as other hockey goes, watch other hockey because the Red Wings are just that bad right now. (laughs) So just drink. and uh, I've said this about 10 episodes in a row. Drink watch other hockey, find something else to do because watching the red wings is just have it on in the background, but don't just sit there and watch it. Cause you're going to drive yourself insane.
0: I agree. And Twitter gonna...
2: handle is seal dog 91. Everybody have a happy and you know, healthy Merry Christmas.
0: That's how I'm going to end and it. a Happy
2: new year as well.
0: Happy, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Uh, that's going to be our final thoughts from us to you guys. So you can follow us online at the Grindline Pod. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Uh, you can find our merch online at Redbubble. I'm in the middle of getting a teespring uh, set up for us and moving our things over so it makes it a little easier for people to find us. Uh, you can also use the promo code Grindline on Howie'sHockeyTape.com. Uh, to get 10% off your online order, so go online and take advantage of that. But for Ryan and Tyler, oh, I am beer, Greg. Man. What?
1: Forgot the beer.
0: Oh. Uh, and we are also brought to you by Founders, the official beer of the Grindline podcast. So, nice. for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. Merry Christmas, everyone, and you stay classy, hockey town. And and hopefully
1: Christmas Tyler's not to dead. All and to He's all not a dead good night. Oh thank God. <laughs> <laughs>